had a chance to talk to Steve Clifford and Dennis Smith Jr. yesterday. We recap their comments with a guest, an OG guest, today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. If you're watching YouTube, you can see the face of one David Walker. You can follow him on Twitter at David. B Walker. David, thanks so much. It's good to see you. It's been a little too long. I feel like it's been a while this time around, but I'm glad that you're back. I feel like it's been the appropriate amount of time. No, <laughs> yeah, it's been I'm glad long. to be back. It's been too long. <laughs> All right. Out there. All right. No, I good need, to be back, guys. You need to join us more often. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. I uh, even though there's not the greatest amount of content to talk about as far as the Hornets go, no wins. To talk about, we can discuss the comments from one Steve Clifford and Dennis Smith Jr. yesterday. Got a chance to talk with them at the Cornucopia event that the Hornets do. They've been doing it for 12 straight years now. Very cool to see 1,000 Thanksgiving meals prepared for people at Feeds 4. 4,000 people benefit from that. So the Hornets really getting involved in charity once again. And it's been like that. I mean, honestly, you know, in the last five years, they've been at the forefront of some philanthropic type of things in the NBA. So very cool. They're giving chance. away wins, too. Yeah, you know, it's been mm. nice of them to be able to do that for NBA teams. They've been, you know, each <laughs> each team, what is that, 15, 15 people benefit from each win handed yeah. out by the Charlotte Hornets, um, not including staff. So really, really philanthropic there as well. Steve Clifford wasn't wasn't so happy about that. Um, you know, look, he's still coming around a whole charity thing, handing out wins. Uh, but he, he, he was happy with Dennis Smith Jr.'s performance, and we talked about that. We praised DSJ constantly yesterday, and so it was nice for him to be the player guest because I did want to talk about some positive things with him. What's interesting about Dennis Smith Jr., and we've said it a lot, I just want him to be on the court as this, at the same time as LaMelo because I feel like it's very visible. When Dennis Smith is out there, the defense is a lot better. When LaMelo was out there, the offense is so much better, and... For the simplest of reasonings, I would like for both of them to be on the floor so the defense and the offense can not take a step back and they can both thrive. And DSJ really wants to play with LaMelo, too. I asked him about that. He's like, yeah, man, God, I, I just I want to be out there on the court at the same time. And then it was kind of funny. He would pause when I asked about LaMelo. He said, man, he's just really good. I mean, he's really talented. <laughs> just, just kind of pausing, looking off in a daze. I feel like, David, if there's something for us to look forward to, um, besides everybody just coming back from injury, all the players, uh, LaMelo and DSJ in the backcourt could be something really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously one of the biggest surprises around the league this year. It's a shame for a lot of reasons. The Hornets haven't gotten more wins, so he could get a little more pub. Although, you know, they got off that fast start and and, and people were kind of singing his praises. And I, I know that they've kept his eyes on him. But 
I mean, you just really want to see him out there. And he makes a difference, guys. I mean, you think about that, that little bit of time when he was out uh, just on the defensive front. He really makes a difference, and uh, there's no way they could plan for this. I mean, you know, they, they get all the credit in the world for bringing him along, and it feels like he and Clifford really have, really do have a, a special bond. So, you know, hopefully they can turn this into a, a longer-term relationship because it sounds like both sides are, are obviously – um, making out well with it, but you know, he, to see him and Lamelo, that's that, that's like the last piece that we haven't seen for a good pit, bit this season, and it could make a difference for him. Well, it, it's yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing to hear him Walker say that he would turn his attention even more to the defensive end, right? Because he's right. already yeah, right. fifth in the league in deflections, and with names like Paul George, Alice Caruso, Delon Wright, Dejounte Murray, OJ Ananobi, Kelly Oubre Jr., who is a ninth in the league Hello. in deflections. Hello. Hello, he's 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 been getting it. There there have been a couple where the basketball just kind of falls in his lap, but also he's been getting more involved in the passing lanes. I know I've been pleasantly surprised with Kelly Oubre this year and the shooting's worse <laughs> so I but yet still I, I've been well, and, and so maybe there you go maybe there's there's where like the shifts can happen right more more defensive mm-hmm. responsibility for Dennis Smith Jr. less defensive responsibility for Kelly and some of these uh, you know different looks in the lineup and maybe Kelly can get more focused on scoring from outside a little bit more but he's right now DSJ leads the team in contested three-point shots he leads the team in deflections he's already a defensive menace it's going to be amazing to see him play alongside LaMelo because you know they need transition offense created by defense. They need it because their half-court offense this season has been so awful. It might get a little bit better with LaMelo, but even in those three games where LaMelo came back, that half-court offense didn't look like super stellar. Maybe it gets to a point after he's been back for a little while, but they need that transition offense created by steals. They're also missing that from Cody Martin. Yeah, and you mentioned it, right? I did ask the type of impact that they could have on the court together. And Dennis Smith Jr. did say, I already give a lot of attention to both ends of the floor. But if LaMelo was playing, I would just go all out on defense. It would just be 100%. And I could pay that much more attention on defense. And I mean, you know, you like hearing it because LaMelo is going to be the ball handler anyway. I like LaMelo playing alongside a ball handler with DSJ. I think LaMelo is very good with another ball handler on the floor at the same time. Um, but yeah, that, either way, I think it would really help. Yeah, it's, say, it's, stra- it's strange though, David, isn't it, to hear DSJ say that? Because I, I think back to the beginning of his career and look, Dennis Smith Jr. loved to take shots. Like he was, he was mm-hmm. definitely like making making his money, you know, ma- taking and and missing a lot of shots, unfortunately, and that's why he had several stops. But it's but it's interesting to say now, you know, in this particular situation, what feels like a last chance for him, he is all about the defensive end. And in fact, I've seen him kind of, and I don't know if you've seen this, David, I've seen him kind of be a little bit red, even reticent. Uh, to take shots at certain points. Offensive end. Yeah. You, 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 there are spots where you're like, go ahead and take that one or, or take it to the hole or, or look for yourself to score. Uh, but he's really deferring, really playing the team game. Again, I mean, I think the connection with Clifford, you, you can't overlook that. It has got to have something to do with it. And to your point, Doug, I mean, yeah, he's seen the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, so to speak, you know, the, the, how this can go the other way. Um, if he doesn't dedicate himself to, you know, probably being that that pest, that defensive guy, and it's good to see he still does have some of the offensive skills, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of he made a name for himself in college and early on in his pro career. So, just a really fun story. Um, certainly, probably the brightest spot for the Hornets this season, which is insane to think about. But he has been that good. 
I don't think there's any question about it. He's been the brightest spot for the Charlotte Hornets. And you're right. The relationship with Steve Clifford, he shouted that out when I asked him what went into this turnaround. He says he gives so much credit to Steve Clifford. He says that they view the game the same way. Kept saying that when when talking about his head coach and how he gave Dennis Smith an opportunity. They shared a phone call. And, you know, in that phone call, they I think they both really shared the same type of philosophy on what it takes to win basketball games. And the last thing I'll say about DSJ is he really bought in. You're, you're right about the whole light at the end of the tunnel thing. He says he realized what he had to do to stay in the league, and he really wanted to do so, right? We know the story about him possibly going to the NFL if it wasn't working out in the NBA, which would have been insane. But here yeah. he is now playing very well for for the Charlotte Hornets, and, and he talked about just how th- this is what it's going to take, so I'm all in. Let, let's figure out a way to thrive in this type of role. And he's made himself some money doing it, yeah, and, oh, yeah. and probably a yeah. decent amount. Maybe he saw, you know, hey, he looked at the Panthers, looked at the Hornets. He was like, uh, <laughs> opportunity, I could be right there. I mean, you same know, city, don't even have to leave. Especially when Chris you know, McCaffrey was traded, like maybe running back spot. Now De- Deontay Foreman's it. been good, but Dennis Smith Jr. certainly could have done made that the as right well. Call. No, as no, as no, much no. suffering as the Hornets have endured, <laughs> he still made the right call. And That's he's right. what, 23? I think I, I mean, think he's 24. 24? Steve, Steve said 25. Let's, let's figure it out. Who is right about Dennis Smith Jr.? <laughs> one of those eight, for sure. All three at 24. He's 24, and he'll, 24. Be 20, he'll be 25 in a couple days. 25th. Happy wow. early birthday. Oh, right. Happy birthday. Um, well, I mean, look at that, though. That's 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 very still young. I mean, he's only at state for, what, one year? So, I mean, yeah. gosh, his career is by no means over. But, yeah, I mean, he he was – he was. it's a reclamation project, and, and he's got plenty of time to turn around and keep going. So – Really cool to see. I, I hope they can, you know, turn this into more of a long-term thing because that's the guy you want back there with Lamelo, right? A, a stocky guy, your your free safety, playing defense. So yeah, perfect it's been fit. Cool to see. Absolutely perfect fit. Okay, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Wanted to recap more of Steve Clifford's comments. He had a lot to say, not only about the season in general. I asked him about not wanting to be a part of a rebuild at the coaches' luncheon, how that's kind of turned around, if it's turned around. Plus, he had thoughts on Kai Jones, Jalen McDaniels, PJ Washington, lots of other things Steve Clifford did have to say. This episode is brought to you by Toro. It's the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Toro, you can book any car you want whenever you want it from a community of local hosts browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the u.s uk canada and coming soon to australia book a spacious suv or minivan for a family road trip you can get a classic or luxury car for a special event birthday or even holiday you can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from a to b test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits with your everyday life and many toro hosts can even deliver the car right to you every trip is backed by liability insurance terms conditions and exclusions apply forget boring rental cars and find your drive at turo.com more steve clifford comments coming up next locked on hornets you are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thoughts on the news about Cody Zeller's injury? That's a tough one, man. I mean, what the f- dude? Uh-oh. He's just injured, man. It's, it's okay. okay. It's Look, just, you know, he's injuries just having to deal happen. with an injury. He didn't want <laughs> to get injured, okay, David? But, but uh, Sorry, guys. I just had someone jump out in front of my vehicle. That's uh, That was unforeseen. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Before we get to Kai Jones and some of what I would call Cliff's guys right now, remember we would try to figure that out as he was being ushered into the second Clifford era, who are going to be the players that... Cliff's crew, mm. absolutely. There's a lot you could go with, and and Kai Jones is one of them right now. Um, I did ask him about that comment because, and, and Doug, I know you brought that point up a couple times at the coach's luncheon. He did say that he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild, and I and I, I asked him about evaluating the roster at the beginning, understanding the injuries are unforeseen. You know, to use the words from David Walker, as soon as he almost hit a person driving a car, that was unforeseen, and. Now here he's having to deal with this <laughs> 14 losses on the season. You know, how do you deal with that? And he did talk about how, yes, there's a lot of basketball left, but we also know Steve Clifford is not one to really sugarcoat things. He says they do have to play a lot more with a lot more physicality. He talked about defensive rebounding being a huge thing for them um, and how that has not improved and that needs to improve. Uh, but he does think that once they get guys back, that they can play a lot better. Um, so I, I, he didn't want to, he didn't say anything as far as the, Oh, well now we're in a rebuild and I want to back out, nor would he ever say that there wouldn't be any time he'd admit that, but just the evaluation of the roster, you know, from a coach in that situation where you do want to be a head coach, but remember at that luncheon, you know, he talked about wanting to accomplish something in the playoffs because any coach that's worth anything about their career or, or, you know, can point to their career and say, we had a success. It's having playoff success. And that's what every coach wants. And he was, he wanted that pretty badly when he was mentioning that at the luncheon and you're not going to get that this year. So you kind of have to stick it out. It, it's, it's almost turning into this, maybe not rebuild because you're not tearing it down to the nuts and bolts, but not yet. it, it it's it's no, a certain, not it's building a, it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I and at, at the end of the day, you're not getting rid of LaMelo. So, you, I mean, LaMelo's at least going to be here to help you out. Who knows what happens in the lottery? I don't know what else is going to happen else uh, you know, with any other player, but yeah, it, it, interesting there from Steve Clifford. Now, hopefully Kai Jones can continue to improve and Doug, I know you have been a little impressed with what Kai Jones has given you as he plays like 5 minutes but then 7, then 8 starting to ascend uh, getting some run with this team well how could you not be impressed I mean he's getting he's getting quality minutes so, so obviously there's some trust uh there uh, Cliff mentioned uh, Kai Jones is one of the players that is improving without getting mm-hmm. significant playing time sort of uh going against that traditional wisdom that guys need burn in order to actually improve their game Kai doing it uh off you know off the floor and then showing it on the floor uh, you know, obviously there's some there's some things that he still has to work on defensively. He looks, you know, maybe a half step, a step slow sometimes. And, you know, offensively, he still wants to do too much. There was oh, after the dunk. The dunk was amazing. The dunk was incredible. Uh, but after the dunk, there was a play where he was just like begging for the ball. He was begging for the ball. He looked like this. Uh, you can't you have to go on YouTube to see what he looked like. Um he was begging for the ball, kind of telegraphing it, and then he put up a little hook shot that didn't work. So you know, there's some, there's some obviously some issues that he still has to work out. Uh, but he's bringing like a level of energy and intensity to the floor that I think is is a big reason why he's getting minutes right now because he's he's been a little spark. You know, 
Clifford's shortening the rotation, right? I mean, really, it's like an eight-and-a-half-man rotation if you count Kai Jones. So he's slipping Kai Jones in there because he feels like he can give them not only a little bit of matchup difficulty, you get a little bit of a height advantage at the power forward position, even though you're playing him out of position, uh, but also you're getting that spark of energy, and I think he's brought that in, in uh, and it's helped the team. And look, guys, it feels like at this point everyone has gotten a shot, right? Like everyone has had an opportunity to show what they can do out there in real time, in live action, you know what I mean? So now it's Kai's turn, um, and he's turning a few heads. So it's good to see. It's just such a shame for Clifford because I think you're obviously right, Walker. He wanted to get back to the playoffs. Like he viewed this roster – I mean, this is probably his most talented roster as an NBA head coach. I mean, as constructed – you know, prior to the disaster that was this summer. Um, so, I mean, there was right. a possibility to do that the way they were set up coming off last season and for it to just, you know, fall apart before it even got started. It sucks for Clifford, uh, but he is, you know, it, it, the, the wins just aren't coming. Uh, he's trying to give these guys some, some shine on the floor, some minutes on the floor, which, you know, when, his first time here, Doug, that's what people were banging on him for, right? Would never play the young guys. At least that was a perception. Um, leaned heavily on the veterans. And so, you know, maybe he's, you know, trying a few new things out. But I think that's what they have to do at this point. If the wins are going to be there, you got to get some of these young guys out there. They've had opportunities to do things. And it seems like he's he, he's crafting his crew, as you guys said. Well, he's he's still static on the on the starting unit. The starting unit has changed because of injuries, but um, but right. but I think he's still you know really committed to finding a starting unit that he's not going to go away from. E- even in the midst, I mean, we're, we're talking about eleven losses in the last twelve games, and yet things are staying static. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people are wondering why, like, why not make a change uh, at at the center position, particularly, and and it feels like Walker that. That that Clifford is just trying to wait until he can get everyone back, and, and I don't know how long you can maintain that. But but I, I understand that players are playing out of position, and you, he doesn't want to judge those players. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, you, at, at what point does does the levy break and say, "All right, how many losses do we have to take before we finally make some decisions here?" You know, it is funny. So many times teams will go the exact opposite direction of a head coach they just fired so they get rid of jb you mentioned steve clifford being pretty heavily set in the rotation sets that he has in the groupings right and and especially the starting lineup where steve clifford has always found it important for guys to get in a rhythm if you were to tell you know there's four pillars with jb there's the board not plural not boards, not rebounds, but the board for JB, right? The vernacular for Steve Clifford is inside out. It's getting into a rhythm. He's always been key on that, especially for guys coming back from injury. So we've heard it a lot this year. And he is set in that starting lineup because he wants to see as many minutes possible logged just so he gets a feel, hey, is this actually not working or is – or, and and do we need to go away from it for sure? Where JB, you know, JB, man. It's not working. <laughs> he, like it's not working. Like statistically, worse. they are one yeah. of the worst starting well, units in the in the association. It's not working. Right. Well, with JB, with JB, it would be a minute seeing it happen. Oh, I don't like it. All right, let's let's try something different. Yes, you're right. He's asking a lot of players to do more than what you might with everybody back. And and when he said that, 
I asked specifically about PJ Washington, who is taking different shots. We have seen him expand his role. And I said this last show, I think we're starting to see the max point for PJ where he can give you high 20 scoring games. He can give you the early 30, even mixing in some stuff, putting the ball off the deck. There, there is that a part of his game now. That's great, but not consistently where, okay, let's just give it to PJ and him go get you buckets all the time. And I ask about PJ, whether it was injuries, whether you really want him to head to that place where his game could reach that consistently, or if this is all experimental and you're still just trying to figure out what PJ can do. And he said, there's a lot of both, or there's a lot of all of that mixed in when you see PJ doing what he's doing on the floor. He was adamant that PJ is not just some only spot up shooter. That's not what he, that's not the only thing he is. But he did say when guys come back, it was easy to tell Cliff meant PJ can go back to a role that he's a lot mm. more comfortable with, which I completely agree. You saw his efficiency go up last year when he wasn't taking nearly as many shots. And I think there can be some happy medium. The strong reaction, Doug, what's that from? Well, because forget offense. What did PJ say coming into this season? He said he's that he a was going to lean now. all into defense. Yeah. It, yeah, right. And so that's that's really where it's a, forget offensive efficiency. He was talking mm -hmm. about wanting to come in and be a defensive leader on this team. Now this was pre DSJ, you know, kind of explosion, but they still need that. I mean, his block. I was mm -hmm. uh, shout out James Plowride from SI put a put a stat up talking about how you know his blocks have gone way down over the past you know five six games. And and uh, you know he's not. It's not like he's not fouling more. It's not like he's the the activity's not there. He's just not blocking shots. It's a weird thing. But like defensively, he hasn't been as good. Offensively, he's expanding. You're right. We've maxed that out. We've uh, the the team I think has maxed out Terry Rozier as playmaker because it's obviously affecting his ability to knock down shots. They've maxed out Plumley as playmaker. Point Plumley. Like nobody wants to see more of that. Yes. So, <laughs> so like. So, so that's yeah. everybody. It seems like almost everyone, except for Kelly Oubre Jr., who is taking full advantage of this opportunity, is playing out of position. And again, I think at some point you have to ask yourself: Is this sustainable if we keep losing games? You know, I, I think a change has to be considered if Lamelo, you know, if his absence is going to be long term. You're saying change, uh, roster change, lineup change. Locker room yeah. change, I, I, any, well, any, think, all of the above. Oh, I think all of the above have to be taken into mm. consideration. But one, one is controlled by the coach, and one is controlled by the front office. I mean, I think the coach can control, yeah. you know, who plays and what the minute distribution is. But I think, I think DSJ needs more minutes, and, and I think they have to consider, you know, again. What are what are they getting from certain players? I, I understand this isn't this isn't like a video game. You have to understand that like Terry Rozier is a starter and he gives you certain things. But you know, I, I think they have to make all considerations or or continue to lose games. I don't know. I mean, I, to me, that's the choice. Yeah, I mean, perhaps that's the choice they're they're making, right? I mean, you guys are kind of hinted at it. I mean, to sneak conspiracy here. Well, hey, Kai you know. Jones, that dunk. I want I want to ask this before we get out of the segment, real quick. Kai Jones, was that the best dunk in Hornets history? No, it wasn't. Dunk. It was it was amazing. It was it the was best incredible. Well, give it me another was dunk. The craziest. Give me another example. I mean, well, Miles. You could go back to the last that, two years. That's for the Miles thing. And yeah, pick a couple out. I mean, that's why I did. <laughs> you know, it's that's what do you want me to do here? I mean, yeah, Miles. Miles dunks were crazy. The Clint Capella dunk itself was was probably the best. Well, there was a dunk. there was a I mean, Baron, I've seen. Uh, Baron had a couple. Baron too. Davis Baron. one on yeah. on KG. 
Uh, Look, rookie, MK, who, rookie MKG had a big dunk in the lane. Um, what about Terry yeah, on KD? Davis. Remember Terry well, Rozier? You know my Kevin answer. Durant? You know my answer. Best dunk in in well in Hornets slash Bobcats oh, history. Uh, Byron Mullins. Byron Mullins. I mean, destroying Lamarcus ruined Lamarcus Aldridge's career. No, nobody wants to talk about it, but LMA was never the same after that. Um, and at this we, point, he jumped from the three-point line to dunk that ball. We, I mean, that's, we, that's where the legend we, is grown. We cannot be a panel of three white guys and actually seriously put Byron Mullins first over everyone else. Go watch the dunk! No, I'm sorry, go watch no, the dunk! No, no, no. It has to be mentioned. It has to be mentioned. <laughs> that's fine. It, that's it cannot fine. Be, no, it's not taking first place. It can't go take watch, I'm one. just saying, go watch the dunk. It, it is not incredible. because people like to talk about this uh, Gerald Henderson dunk. It, it's put in a lot of these lists, but it was a thrunk. This was not a thrunk. a thrunk. This was not throw it yeah. in. It, it was an, it's an incredible dunk. I don't care who, who it was or what they look like. It was an incredible dunk. <laughs> okay, coming up next on the Locked Out Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. It's time to shoe some respect with David Walker, the authority on all things, not only just fashion, but the shoes for sure. So that's what we'll be talking about coming up, but not before we get to LinkedIn. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free, you go to LinkedIn, you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Shoe some respect. Coming up next, Locked on Hornets. Is Locked on Hornets. I'm glad we have YouTube now for everybody to see just how bold you are. Can you give us a gun show flash real quick? Oh, yeah. Me and you, man. Look look at that drape. That's 100% grade A. Look, here I am doing it. Look at these noodle arms right here. Look, they just flow. We got it. Listen. listen. Yep. Yeah, if you want long, chicken wings, yeah, if you're if you've been starving for some chicken wings, this is the show for you, folks. <laughs> YouTube.com yeah, I mean, forward slash chicken wings. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Oh, Walker, Earth to Walker. Did you meet your mic? I did. And you know what's really unfortunate is that I had this, I had the the screen in which you guys are in. It went all the way to the left. And so I had to find the way to pull it back to the middle. Mm -hmm. So then I could unmute it. And so that was kind of a disaster all around. And I apologize. Radio professional Walker Mail. Catch him every weekday. WFNZ 12 to 3 with his partner, Wes.
we have dead air every five seconds because I don't turn my mic on. That's the that's the promo. You heard it right there. All right, Doug, why don't you set David up for shoes some respect? What did you have in store for talking about some of these shoes that are out there right now? Well, I know setup necessary for David Walker, mm-hmm. our resident shoe expert, um, uh, the science of shoes. He's the shoe scientist, David Walker. I just want you to uh, let us know what's going on in the sneaker world. Well, real yeah. quickly, it, uh, to go to the segment three in our rundown that we have, so we have some of the stuff that we'll plan out, right? And then, and then segment three, it just says sneakers. So, I mean, I don't even, that's I did it. not know that's where to all, go with that. That's, that's all it needs to so, say. So, David, sneakers, please. Sneakers, guys, very popular for your feet <laughs> for walking around. It's and fantastic. this is the time of year, guys. We're heading into the holiday season. Uh, so, I did want to hit on a couple things, a couple of big releases and stuff that you guys may have heard of, may not have heard of. I'm getting hit up left and right by cousins, friends. They're looking for shoes. How do I get them? Where do I go? My answer is always the same. The internet, guys, everything, you can find it on the internet. But well, last week, the Air Jordan brand, you've probably heard of this guy, Michael Jordan. Michael Air um, Jordan. Uh huh. Oh, man, I thought you were going to have the drop there. No, 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 don't, no drop today, though. Okay. Um, yeah, so they re-released um, uh, his first shoe, right? His first Chicago Air Jordan 1 last week. They did a bunch of releases. Um, they they, they kind of aged these things. I'm curious, Doug, where do you stand on pre-aging, right? So they took these shoes, made them look a little old, uh they went a little too far i saw some stores got some with mold on them i think those are the extra special pairs <laughs> but they had to send true. those back yeah <laughs> no it, it, that that's the rumor out there on the internet wow. it's mold on some of these shoes so they had to send those back but doug these are like pre-aged you know so the so the midsole the, is a little yellow the collar is a little like crispy well, uh, what, where uh, do you stand what i that? find what i find comical about that is yeah. the idea that someone would put them on and and then and then have to really preface you know when they show up to a party or they show up to some event and go no these these are sure. pre-aged these are pre-aged yeah. that's how i bought them that's how they came don't it's worry about it it's just a tinge it's just a hint you know you have to kind of look for it though it's not like they stepped in it's not like they have mold on them it's not like they stepped in a mud puddle they're just kind of pre-aged to make them look like they were from say 1985 and they got lost in the back room of a of a, of a shoe store something like that no, it feels a little. It, well, it feels a little like wearing non-prescription glasses. I mean, just <laughs> okay. wear, I mean, just wear the actual aged shoes and be an OG with it, you know. Or Fair just enough. get new shoes. But okay, that's still fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a fan of it. I'm normally not a fan of going over, overboard with that, but it's a classic shoe, the Chicago one. You know, mm-hmm. he wore them right out of the gate. He wore them in Madison Square Garden uh, right before he retired one time. So so that was cool. The other one is the Nike Panda Dunk, guys. You guys may have seen this. It's the most popular shoe basically on the planet now. Everyone's trying to get their hands on it. If you're listening to this and you're looking for it for a Christmas present or something, it is releasing again on the Nike app uh, Saturday, I believe, or next Saturday. I don't know check one of those um it's coming up again soon get it for the holidays but what i wanted to touch on dudes we got a new lamella shoe coming out he actually wore this he actually wore this on court uh last week uh this might be my favorite of the bunch guys it's it's a little more subdued it's not quite as flashy as the orange ones but it's got that nice little teal hit on the yeah. outsole there that goes up the up the up the back. I think it's a real sleek looking one. I I, I like this one. What do you guys think? I, 
I like the design. I'm just not an all black shoe fan. Mm. Um, the whole slow thing, but I do think Look I like the well that that looks pretty sweet too. I like there we the go. And that's on the inside. So we were looking right. at the outside. That's the inside. No, I like that a little better with the the teal hint on the inside of the shoes. Yeah, yeah I like it a little better with that mixed in. Um, no, I I love the design though. I, I maybe in white. I think I would like it a little better. Okay, but I do like okay. And Doug, your favorite part? I know you want to call that out. Well, I'm interested in what that color ends up looking like in real life because it, it on the picture to me it looks like almost Carolina Panther blue. Not, mm. not Hornets teal. Um, now maybe I'm going colorblind. I don't know, but it just it, doesn't. Some of you are, yeah. It's more blue <laughs> than like the teal green that you need to make that like Hornets teal. Um, but I do like the fact that most of the shoe is black, and then the the lettering is in that blue or teal or whatever it is oh, that, right. that makes up the rare word. Because right. one of my things that I've talked about in these Lamello shoes is like. I had to stare at it for a while to get, oh, it says rare, which is part mm -hmm. of his whole branding, one of one, rare, not from here. He's an alien. Got it. It's been rare to see him on the floor this season. That's been a big problem for um. the Charlotte Hornets, but that's beside the point. The point is I like the way the lettering here shows up. It, it really is like hits you in the face. This is what it says, and and I'm, I'm into it. I like this shoe. I don't know if I'll buy it, but I'm into this shoe. Well, you have the other ones. You have the first edition, so I don't have any yet. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm eyeing this one. It comes out tomorrow, guys, on the 23rd. Uh, but yeah, I like how they did the rare. You know, it's all based on his tattoos. Again, they went back to that again. There's a lot of Easter eggs in this shoe, so I like it, and it looked really great on court. To your point about the teal, Doug, I'll tell you, when he wore it with the teal uniforms, uh, it matched perfectly. Okay. So I think it's okay. I think it's closer to teal. Yeah, the shoes that match the uniform perfectly. I know people want to get loud with their sneakers, and I'm for it. I actually like the loudness from the sneakers sometimes, but when it matches perfectly with the jerseys and the unis, those always look pretty damn Yeah, like good. in this picture, in this side, and I've blown it up a little bit, so it's looking a little pixelated, but um, in this picture, it looks a little bit more tealy than than the blue. But yeah, it's got I me. Mean, it's a cool-looking shoe. It is. I shoes like the design. Respect. Yeah, <laughs> and there and there you have it. Sneakers, shoot some respect. Sneakers. That is the third segment. That's David Walker on Twitter at David B. Walker helping us out once again to shoot some respect and also get his Hornets thoughts on the young season. Also, that's Doug Branson. Find his work on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. And I'm Walker Mail. You can check me out on WFNZ from 12 to 3 every weekday. Thanks for making us your first listen on Locked On Hornets. Remember to make your second listen. Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide locked on sports today available on this app youtube and wherever you get your pods have a great rest of your day we'll be back with you tomorrow 